I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Horribly Hollywood Single. I am your host, Adam Carr, the only guy with a giant picture of himself behind me, just in case you forget what I look like. Horribly Hollywood Single, some of the worst dating stories told by some of the best guests in Hollywood. Yes, there's a pandemic going on. Yes, people are losing their jobs, but guess what? We still have bad dates. We still have society happening. It has not stopped. And as long as there are bad dates, we will be here for you. Now, I am very excited about my guest today. Not only is he a dear friend, he's an absolutely brilliant director producer in the Los Angeles area. If you want a smart director, if you want someone who understands story, heart, plot, he's so good at what he does. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a horribly Hollywood single warm welcome to Georgia native, Mr. James Kicklighter. James, welcome. Thank you, Adam Carr. I have never felt so welcomed on a Zoom meeting in my life. This is so exciting for us all. This is so, it. This, this is, is it. This is the moment. This is the uh, peak. I know. It, but don't you love these Zoom meetings? Aren't they just the best? I mean, two months in, like, it's you don't want to go back to seeing people in real life. You're just like, if I can Zoom with everyone, everything will be better, right? Yes, it's so nice now because uh, I'm in the comfort of my own home. I'm constantly wearing gym shorts. I'm not like- Are we sure though? Are you actually wearing gym? Okay, wow, okay, okay, wow, that's smart. Gym shorts on today. This is the new, this is the new life. Uh, And when I'm done, I can go like on the exercise bike and I'm good and I can like keep things going. Like time management, everything's become so economic now. Uh, yes, because the world is so contained, this nice little box that we're all in. Isn't it wonderful? It's so wonderful. Wonderful. I don't even know if the world exists outside anymore. You know, it's just like here. We're here together, you know? We're here. I have this mug that, that says Xi'an on it, which is in China. I don't even know yeah. if that's a real place. It can't be. There's no way. By the way, speaking of being on our tiny little screens and feeling in the comfort and safety of our own homes, I do want to give a quick little shout out and plug. There is an incredible show right now going on. Uh, as part of the Geffen Playhouse initiative, we have a new thing called Geffen Stayhouse. Uh, Geffen Playhouse, as some of you might know, it's one of my favorite nonprofit theaters. Also happens to be where I met my future wife. Uh, they have this incredible magic show going on right now, which means anybody in the country, as long as you have a Zoom account, you can check out this show. It just got extended. It literally sold out the first month, sold out within an hour. It just got extended to April 6th, uh, excuse me, August 16th of this uh, summer here. It's an incredible magic show. They send you like a box of goodies in the uh, in the mail before your show um, and production date. It's absolutely incredible. If you want to see some amazing theater and still feel connected to a community, please check this show out. The present uh, starring Helder Guimarães, one of the most incredible sleight of hand magicians in the world from Portugal. Uh, he's absolutely brilliant and amazing. And Helder has partnered with the Geffen. I've seen this show. I've worked this show. It's so brilliant. Uh, check it out. Um, and James, uh, thank you so much for being here today. I know that you actually grew up watching Maria Menounos. I did, Channel One News, every morning in school, elementary school, middle school, high school. This is Maria Menounos and you were watching Channel One News. That was literally the soundtrack of my childhood is Maria Channel Menounos. Channel One News. So you knew Maria Menounos before everything. I knew her before everyone because I remember you told me that you had known her and that you were working with her at After Buzz TV. I was like, 
the Maria Menounos of Channel One News, oh, you know, yeah. because she went on to go on E and you know all these other places. But I remember her before she was Maria Menounos, the original Maria Menounos, just like you and me on Channel One News, living her life. So, yeah. Maria, if you're watching this, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for spending so much of your time with me as a child. You had no idea. Oh, I can tell. Oh, it shaped a lot of the man you are today. In 15 minutes, for those of you who didn't get Channel One News at your school, did you get Channel One News at your school, Adam? I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what this is. Holy crap. Okay. So Channel One News was like a 15-minute uh, newscast that you would get at your elementary, middle, or high school that okay. would tell you about what's happening in the world in terms that you could understand as a child, right? Uh, and so it would give you the kind of summary of the news of the day in 15 minutes during, um, or maybe it was five minutes. I don't, it's somewhere between five and 10 minutes. It was short, okay. you know, not long. And they have it, you know, right before the morning announcements or during break. And you're, all watching it. Everyone's sitting yeah. down watching Channel One News before the announcements come on. Uh, and at my middle school, it would always end and start with Eye of the Tiger because Eye of the Tiger was, we were the Reedsville Middle School Tigers. And so our yeah. principal decided to play Eye of the Tiger every morning on a cassette player, start press and play and start and stop at the same uh, point every day for the entirety of middle school. And so literally it would end with Maria Menounos and then transition to Eye of the Tiger. That was my life. So she did the Cliff Notes version of like the news. She'd do yeah. like a recap of everything going on. Exactly. It was wonderful. And so that's why I like became interested in things. It's because of Maria, obviously. So like I really owe my entire career to her, clearly. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Maria, we know 10% <laughs> of all James earnings is coming to you right away. So. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about first, uh, I sent a photo in because we worked together on a short of yours, which I believe was two years ago, Angel of Anywhere. Was that yes, two or how two years long? ago, I think. It's a time flies. Time really flies. Yeah. No, it was three years ago. Three. Three? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So three years ago, and I just bring this up because one of our best friends who also starred in it. Uh, who's a much more attractive person than I am. And I've just had to face that being one of his well. close friends since we met at musical theater camp and he hates that I bring it up. Uh, David Gregory of uh, Dirty Sexy Saint, Deception, One Life to Live. There's a photo which we might put up here. It was uh, us taken, I think on that, that shoot, we were in Hollywood uh, near- Chicken Whistle uh, Bar, uh, which we turned into a strip club for Angel of Anywhere, which is streaming now on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Angel of Anywhere. I remember that was the most um, that was the most uh, hungover I've ever been, and that was the last time I showed up on set hungover. I literally wanted to die that day. And that literally one of the last times you drank too, because you stopped yeah. drinking after the. Too, was, yeah, there was. Um, it was like a big was, moment for you, and I didn't even know, which is the irony. Like I'm. That's you know, how I'm good I am, James. That's how. Like how good Ad is, and so he may not be as sexy as David Gregory, and none of us can be, but he is a no. consummate professional who knows how to show up to set. Because I'm directing Adam and David, and I think Sudarius Blade might have been that scene. I can't remember, uh, but um, we're all doing this scene, and. I had no idea he was hungover as hell the whole time. I had not a clue. He just did his part. He did wonderfully. He did so well that I cut the entire scene from the film. Uh, but it's on Vimeo. Hey. You can watch as a deleted scene. That's right. <laughs> it was such a blast. You're amazing. I love, too, seeing you work on set. 
you're always dressed immaculately. You always have a fresh pressed suit, tie, either cufflinks, your glasses, like you're very, you look like a Belgian detective a little bit, like when you're on right. set. I've yeah. always hoped that I look like Hercule Poirot on a set, that I'm like coming uh, in to investigate something, you know. Uh, I think that dressing up on, on set, it's something I've done since I was little because I started uh, directing when I was 16. And so, you know, when you're starting as a little kid because Maria Menounos inspired you to go into things, uh, you realize that people won't take you as seriously if you don't present yourself seriously. Uh, and so, I, you know, when I was on sets, you know, starting at that early age, I would dress up and it's something that kind of lingered. And you know what? Some of my favorite directors do it. Even Paul Feig does it. He has a wonderful collection oh, of yeah. he wears to everything. So, and Alfred Hitchcock did it. Sam Raimi does it. So it's definitely not our original idea of mine. But the reason that I did it was because I wanted people to take me seriously. And, you know, I'm, they take me more seriously now than they did then. So that's the progress. For yeah. Sure. That's all that matters. By the way, uh, huge shout out just over the weekend. Uh, our best friend David here from Angel of Anywhere got married to the yes. lovely Jen Noble. They had an official Zoom wedding uh, in Cincinnati, something I've just uh, never seen or thought was possible, but it was absolutely beautiful and families were together and people were just watching. And I uh, just want to say a quick shout out to David. Like, we love you. Congrats to you and Jen. Um, just wishing you nothing but just love and just kindness and patience. Like they, just, just to get married now, like it was a very, we were crying and like just dancing in the living room and just, you know, it was a, it's a, I don't know. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Like we saw a Zoom wedding. You would never think that would happen or be possible, but it's, uh, it's beautiful. Right, so, it goes back to my original David, to point. You. There's um, no reason to not do everything on Zoom moving forward. This is a great example of that. But it's beautiful because Jen and David are a wonderful we couple. Need wonderful couple. And they've been together for what, oh, like yeah. 20 years? 20 years, I think. <laughs> they've dated a, a long, long time. time. I it, think, it's, it's, actually yeah, like, it's actually been 10. But they've been together a long time. They've been together, long yeah. Long well, they were together since college, so that's... 15 years or something. I mean, they've been together for a while, so. Yeah, yeah. They've, you've dated uh, David longer and Jen did, but you know, he made it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, James. So uh, you've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing and you sent me yeah. a video because, so explain to me, I'm still, I, I, I hear people play Animal Crossing. Explain to me what it is. We have a little clip here from King James Island. Yes, uh, I think our, our lovely producer Brianna will be putting that up as well. But uh, let me know um, what's Animal Crossing. What's the point? What do you do? Okay, you so it's a very important thing right now. Animal Crossing. I don't direct films anymore. Like I've quit directing. This is actually my announcement that I'm retiring from directing to be a full-time dictator on King James Island. It is wonderful being a dictator on King James Island. Okay. Uh, Animal Crossing is a, well, they yeah. say it's a game, but it's really more of my life now on Nintendo uh, that you build right. an island and you have animals that live on your island. You build the best island you can build, right? You're building this terrific place for them to live where they have these gorgeous homes. You have these wonderful, you know, 
chops, you have all these things you can do. It's really just something you have to experience. Uh, but you know, I've, I've built a throne room, I've got a museum, I've got, you know, waterfalls, I've got a palace, I've got animals that sing to me every day. Uh, I think they're worshiping me, they see me as a deity. And so really, you know, this is now my life. Uh, it is full time. Animal Crossing. I've become a billionaire, uh, which is really exciting. I wasn't a billionaire before I played Animal Crossing. Although I hate to Are you use the billionaire word. or billionaire. It's a billionaire, yes, because in Animal Crossing, the currency is bells. They're bells. Oh, no. it's like a Bitcoin. You know, that's it's like a Bitcoin. It's like that. A bell. Ring bell for currency is that like a bell? Like a bell. And so I'm a billionaire now. And so it's an exciting moment for me because now I can do whatever and my animals just, you know, they worship me. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing. I've never been worshipped on a film set. So like, I mean, really, why go back to that after all this is done? You know, there's no so point. So if you and your lovely husband, Shintong, ever have a disagreement about something, do you ever throw in his face? I'm a billionaire. I did things today. Yes. And not only do I throw that in, in my husband's face, but I also have a section of the island that's his that I've designed for him. Uh, it's Prince Shintong's island section. Uh, but he also, and some friends have also brought this up. Why is he called Prince Shingtong? Apparently there's something wrong with that. Like, you gotta but, take it's my out. island, my rules. So he's Prince Shingtong because I don't want like a co-king situation. Oh it's my God. I want to hear the arguments. Like, look, I gave you your own place in like King Jang's Island. Like, what do you want from me? I did. Or like, I planted the garden he wanted the other day and he was not pleased with the garden and wanted it to be done differently. I'm like, what are you expecting? here my animals worship me but you are just bringing me complaints and problems and do you even deserve to live on this island to be a prince and you know i understand you know megxit a lot better now because you know yeah. it just seems to me i might have to megxit shangtong you know it's hard oh my god and then you think too uh i know that you just did testing for covid19 we talked about this you yes. went to the pre-testing you inspired me, I'm gonna go, because luckily we live in a state like California, Los Angeles, which has, it seems, ample testing, and that we're able to just go and yeah. just have a little, uh, it, describe that whole thing. Did they take the giant Q-tip that they ram up your nose? What is it? Oh, it's very easy. I think I sent you a video, I don't know if you guys can put that up of what it looks like, but it's a, it's a drive-through situation. Uh, so the city okay. of Los Angeles is set up uh, these various drive-throughs there's no contact it's very easy for you to do if you have any symptoms which last week i was you know having some chills uh, i felt uh kind of faint really tired and you know that can be many things but in the age yeah. of COVID, you really don't know and since the city of los angeles is providing free testing i thought it was responsible to go check and uh, I, I register for my time slot. I drive in. Literally, it took 15 minutes. You get there. You put your ID on the window so they can see who you are. Uh, they okay. take uh, the test kit, and then they take some claw, and then they take it from one person to put in your window. So literally, no one's touching anything inside okay. the car. You take the, the kit they give you. You take the swab. You cough into your mask. And then you just wipe your mouth uh, with the swab. And then you put it back into the test tube and throw it in a trash bin on the way out. And I got my results today. I'm negative. Uh, amazing. Do you want to know the reason great, great. why I thought I was sick, though? I found why? out why I was sick. Why were you sick? 
Well, it's a really good story. Unfortunately, it's it's not very smart. So I know that like mostly on this show, we talk more about, you know, dating stories and stuff, but you know, oh, I'm yeah. married, I'm married we'll get to that. Years. We'll get to that. But another part of being married is, you know, having to negotiate between you and your spouse to figure out, you know, parameters. And, you know, I think for everybody right now in this time of COVID, we're all having to figure out what those spaces are, right? A new dynamic. A new dynamic. Yes. We're having 24-7 time with each other. A Uh, lot of time. Yeah. Exactly. And so one of the ways that we have tried to get through this is gardening. You know, gardening is really therapeutic. You know, you have some herbs, some vegetables, some nice things. Well, we planted some kale, some real good Yeah, and and I started that we had this kale last week. We're starting to get the harvest right, and and as I you know I'm having this kale sometime towards the middle of last week after my COVID test, I roll over as I'm going to sleep and tell Shing Tong, um, you know our kale is really good. I I I was just really impressed with how good it is, and he goes. Well, I'm not sure now it's all kale. I mean, what do you mean it's not all kale? Like we've been growing kale. He's like, I think there might be weeds in it. As like weeds, wild weeds. And, and he's like, yeah. And so I look at it the next day, I take a picture and I was like, oh shit, there is a big ass weed that's like all in the corner of this kale salad, which I ate before I started feeling really sick uh, with the chills and the tired and all that stuff. And so basically I didn't have COVID. My husband's trying to kill me with a mixed weed salad while we're in uh, yeah. yeah, what's it? Um. Uh, Munchausen, Munchauser by proxy. Munchausen by proxy, but it's Munchausen by weed. Munchausen, that's that's Munchausen by weed. Yes, we're eating these weeds. And so anyway, a friend of mine whose mom knows all about gardening, I was texting with her and she was like, all of this in your garden, except for this green sprout, which I might have also sent a picture to you of this, is is kale. That part is weed. You need to stop eating that part. And I'm lucky because look, I could have gotten much sicker. Apparently, I've never. You had like major poisoning, and they just right. I've never eaten weeds before, to my knowledge. Uh, But I mean, hey, it's COVID. We do what we do in quarantine. You know, you gotta eat weeds sometime. But it just was an experience, and this is how you know, you know, when your spouse is trying to tell you that we've been together too too long, much too long. It's by weeds. Yes. <laughs> well, me and my little friend here, RBG, Ruth Ginsburg, are telling yes. you to stay healthy because Ruth needs to stay strong right now. Well, Very does. strong. Very so, strong. She does not need to eat weeds. She, it's not good. Yeah. Ruth, it's to the not patron good. saint, we pray to the patron saint of RBG, and she is telling you, James, stay healthy. Don't eat the weeds. I already feel so much better now. So much Don't better. You? Yes. Love RBG. So you're married. We've talked some COVID. We've said congrats to some friends. We talked about Channel One News. James, people come here for the bad dates. And the thing is, you're a really well put together guy. You got a lot of accolades behind you there. Look at the things you're working on. You're doing great. But you've also been privy to some bad dates because as we've learned, people from all walks of life, doesn't matter your economic, social, sexual orientation, whatever, people have bad dates. And James... I'd like to give you the floor now. Why don't you talk about a time where maybe something just didn't go quite the way you thought it was going to be? Well, this is going to be a two-part story because part one directly sets up how part two goes, right? Now, here's the thing. When you work in film, you sometimes get stuck 
doing stuff, right? You get really, really busy and it's hard to maintain relationships. There's a reason there are so many people that work in entertainment that cycle through, you know, relationships, through spouses, whatever, because just yeah. time, you know, it's really hard to work at. And so yeah. one of those relationships I was in was right before I started directing my first feature film, which we were shooting in Savannah, Georgia, and Rajasthan, India for a, a Bollywood producer, which for a first feature film was a really ambitious endeavor. Uh, because your first you're shooting... feature film is a Bollywood film. Right. And, and you're doing it on two continents, right? So like you've got your American team, you've got your Indian team, you've got hundreds of people you're responsible for. And as a director, I was 25 at the time. That's a huge, huge undertaking. Um, and so, yeah. And so I'm in the middle of this, but like a month before I get the job, I meet somebody uh, and he's a financial advisor by day. He is a aspiring screenwriter by night. Nice. He's not going to be successful as a screenwriter. And I knew it the second I read his first three short scripts. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that. But not everybody is built to be a writer and everybody's built to be an actor, a director. You can improve your skills. I'm not saying that's not possible. But he mm -hmm. thought he was the next Lena Dunham and he absolutely was not. Uh, and uh, if somebody that thinks that and does that, it's probably not going to work out. Isn't that uh, awkward when it falls to you, when there's someone too who specifically, who might think that they're like a great either comedian or singer or certain things and they right. send you like some stand up and they're like, hey, what do you think? Like this is, yeah, I mean, come on, right? And you're just watching it going, oh my God, I don't want to be the asshole who tells you that I think it's right. terrible, but you're like, and you're like, well, should I? But so yeah, that's a, that's a weird dynamic when you're like, I don't know. I don't want to be that person. It's just the same thing. And so you just don't want to be that person. But, you know, a, a week into dating, he tells me, I love you. And I know immediately, okay, this is too much too soon, right? Two weeks in, tells me we need to make babies. I'm like, that's also a lot. Too early to have... Be my seahorse. About children, right? And on week three or four, I get this job. And so I suddenly get really busy getting ready to direct a movie and so as this is happening i'm not responding to text messages and phone calls throughout the day in a efficient way right i start making sure. yeah. these calls and texts and he starts complaining he's like i don't hear from you for 12 hours it's like you just don't care it's like you just don't exist i don't exist like what's wrong with our relationship and i'm really bad at breaking up with people so in the middle of all this I, I hoped that me directing the film and that happening would be able to kind of you know naturally flow right. you would be able to kind of yeah. get out of the picture right Right. Well, that did not work because we're going to get married. He's madly in love and all of those things. So I have some friends come down from Atlanta to visit, to come down to set. We're like two weeks into filming and we're at brunch at the Hilton DeSoto in Savannah, Georgia, which is a fancy hotel that has a wonderful, wonderful brunch, right? And my friend Kate knows that I want to break up with him, but I don't have the balls to do it. And so she just decides to rip the wound right there at brunch with all like 12 of my friends that are assembled. And she goes, you guys are both miserable. Y'all just need to end this right now. And he starts crying. I mean, bawling in the middle of this restaurant, eating at brunch? chicken. And the middle of brunch, couple of mimosas in, right? And then he just runs away to my apartment 
and I run after him. I get there. He collects all his stuff because he'd stayed there the night before. And oh, he yeah. grabs the key and he's like, I'll love you forever. You are the love of my life. And he runs downstairs and the rest of my friends have arrived from brunch, you know, getting ready to come back up. And he goes, take care of James for me because I obviously can't take care of myself. And so my friends, you know, they didn't take care of me well enough because after this experience, I'm like, I don't need to be dating anyone serious because I can't deal with this kind of clinger, right? And so- Especially when you're a director, you're dealing with actors all day. I feel like the last thing you wanna deal with is drama. That's all you see all day as a director. You're just dealing with their shit. You can't deal with it. And like, here's the thing, like, I grew up in a small town in South Georgia, right? And so the great thing about dating in a small town is that you know everybody, you know their mama, you know their grandmama and their cousins too. And so you know what crazy you're going to get. You're totally informed. But when you're in LA, you don't get that because nobody's from here. And the people that are from here usually avoid the people that aren't. So you don't know what you're dealing with when you're dating people, right? It's a total, total surprise. And so a couple months after this breakup, I'm just on YOLO, you know, I meet a guy outside of a bar in an alley. And yeah, it's just as sketchy as it sounds, right? Totally, totally sketchy. And he teaches French. He's educated, guys, masters, uh, likes to have a good time, right? We've been drinking that night. And so I'm really, I like to have a good time too. And so we're we're like, this is going to be great, right? And so we hang out and decide I'll hang out with them a little more. And so the next week, uh, totally sober Monday to Friday afternoon, right? But Friday night, he's blackout drunk. Saturday night, he's blackout drunk. Sunday night, he's blackout drunk. I'm like, okay, you know, week two, maybe it's just that kind of a weekend. We're still in our 20s, you know, that's what people, what you do in your 20s. We get blackout drunk and have a good time on the weekends and work properly on over on monday you say i probably shouldn't do that as much and then friday rolls around you go i gotta get drunk that's our job in our 20s we love it it's fun uh but on week three he does it again i'm like shit because i i said i like to have a good time i like to go out and do this but i can't be blackout drunk every weekend it just it's too much i have other work to do i'm a director i do things and so yet again i'm trying to figure out how to get out of this, but I have no clue how to do it because I'm scared to let this guy down. I'm just not good at it. And so- James, you're such a sweetheart. You're such a sweetheart. sweetheart. I just don't know how to do it. And so on week four, it's after blackout day. It's a Monday or Tuesday, something like that. Um, He tells me, he's like, James, you know, things are starting to get really serious between us. And there's something I've just been meaning to tell you that I've just been waiting to tell you. Um, I don't tell many people because sometimes it can put people off and, and send people away. And, and so I thought immediately it was a terminal disease. There was something that he absolutely had. And then he looks at me and he says, I'm a wizard. And I waited for the Ollivander light to come on and like the Harry Potter music to swell, but none of those things happened. The, the air just gets totally silent for a second. I don't know if I should laugh, cry, or like, excuse me. You know, I didn't know what to say because no one told me they were a wizard before. And he keeps going and he goes, but I want you to know that I only cast good spells. I've only cast a spell for my friend's good health, for my buddy's real estate deal. I've only cast three spells in my life. 
god. And, oh god. and I just sit there silent because I don't know if I should laugh or cry. I just am like sitting there and you know. And then he keeps going because I think he knows I'm not receptive to this, right? I just want you to know that I have never dabbled in the dark stuff before. We've never done the dark stuff. I only do the good things, the light. It's like, you don't need to think of this as magic. You need to think of it as sending up a little prayer. It's like I'm sending up little prayers for my friends. And so I, I sit there for just a second. I go, you know, man, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you told me this. I'm, I'm really grateful, but I think our belief systems are so radically different that this is never gonna work. And, uh, and that was the end of that. But I'll tell you that for a good two years, I had miserable luck dating before I met my husband. So I am convinced that there was a dark curse that was thrown on me a hex. Yeah. I'm actually nervous to say that out loud. This is the first time I've also told this story because I'm worried that there are other wizards out there that are going to be upset that I'm revealing that there is a wizard community out there and what other curses may come upon me for telling this on your show because everyone probably okay. grew up with Maria Menounos and you too, you know? Exactly. It's very, very, it's so wait, a couple questions about this wizard. Yes. Did he have a cloak? Did he have a hat? Did no, he a no, he, he walks among us like a muggle. He's a muggle. He looks just like you or me. The only difference is he's blackout drunk on the weekends and casts spells on the weekdays, that's it. Why does he get drunk on the weekends as a wizard? Like, how does that help? What, is that part of it? Or is I'm, that, well, I'm guessing that, that, like, he gets the drinks for free. I think that he magics the bartender into making sure that he gets the little shot. You know, it's like, you just, like, weave it, you know, you know, and there it goes. Does he say Lumos when he turns on the lights? Uh, he should. He should. I mean, does he say Avada Kedavra or whatever when he is mad at the mailman? What is it like? He, he probably tried to do that to me as I left. And that's probably why I had two years bad luck because I, I got a, I probably got a scar somewhere that I don't know about. That yeah. like was a spell of protection that stopped me from dying, but cursed me from dating, right? Two very different things. I hope that you all watching like Harry Potter because we can talk about Harry Potter all day, you know? Oh, love Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter is so great. And we need more magic right now, more yes, than ever. We, we need lots of magic. Do you remember- uh, not uh, that magic. I didn't want that magic. And that's why I didn't keep that magic, you know? No, you can't. Yeah. Oh my God, a wizard. So wait, so how long after he told you he was a wizard, did you keep seeing him? Oh, that oh was excuse me, sorry. Sorry, someone's calling me. I'm getting that off now. There we go. That is a wizard. I'm telling you what just happened is we have revealed the wizard community and that was probably the wizard gamut calling you to explain that this needs to be cut off. That's it was actually a random happened. person just calling me right now that I haven't spoken to in a couple of years. So I was- They're probably uh, going to reveal they're a wizard to you and say you all need to stop making fun of wizards. That's probably totally. what's happening. I'm convinced. But no, no, that's the end of it. I did not see him ever again after that. I ended we didn't it, see him ever again. I walked out the door. I said goodbye. Yeah, because I just, I, I couldn't that's do it. A lot. Yeah, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, he was a nice guy, uh, a bit of a drunk, but, you know, I couldn't deal with the wizard thing because I could never take it seriously. Every time I thought about it, I just start laughing. You know, and I couldn't do it. God, I'm a wizard. He said it seriously. I'm That's a wizard. I so was so serious. Absolutely so serious. Yeah. What a sweetheart. I know. What a sweetheart. Oh, James, you went out with a wizard, a drunk wizard. A I'm drunk happy wizard. For you. 
Maybe you're a drunk wizard, though, because you can't deal with being a wizard, so you have to be a drunk, right? That's so weird. Yeah, I would think the stresses of being a wizard. Right. Because uh, what would be power you have, right? You know, it's like you have authority over people that they don't know you have authority over. It's amazing. Yeah, that's so weird. Oh my like, God. It's probably like being a dictator on my island. It probably is a very similar feeling, but in the in the world, you know? It's probably really hard to be a wizard right now in the world. I hope it'd be so funny if your game in Animal Crossing got hijacked by like another Avatar wizard character who just wreaked havoc and then you found out it was him. And he's just been if watching that happens, I'm going to blame you directly for it. I'm going to say that you spoke that into existence. Just to let you know. I never speak bad things, James. I just think <laughs> that if they happen, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, all right, you dated a wizard. Wow, jeez. And now clearly you're, you're very much with someone who takes great care of you and you take great care of them. You have a wonderful, <laughs> that was a little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, all right, so after this, uh, Obviously, you heard some red flags there, maybe that they're a wizard um, getting, uh, you know, doing some power drinking every weekend. That used to be definitely a play out of my book here. We'd like to move on to the red flags section of today. Now, red flags is uh, basically uh, this type of section where I'm going to read you three red flags from the game Red Flags. Wow. And then you will pick the worst one that you could not deal with in quarantine. Now, it's funny because there's a lot of red flags that we deal with on like a regular basis, I think when, you know, everything was normal and you could date. But now I think specifically, if you are partnered up, you're definitely with someone. I think you're seeing a lot more stuff maybe from your partner that you weren't as aware of before, or you were like, well, it's okay. I don't see them as often. I feel very grateful because I'm living with my fiance and I feel like it's even better. Like we just, we're like an old Italian couple. We just do everything together. You know, we make all our meals and we pick what we want to do on Netflix and we pick our workout times. Like we have a very cohesive, unit here but uh i'm gonna read three red flags you tell me which one uh to quote Step Brothers, is your bugaboo that you're just not gonna deal with my bugaboo i'm so excited speaks with a constantly changing foreign accent always bragging about past sexual conquests only speaks in business buzzwords Oh, I definitely, so let's break this down for a second, right? You know, I think that if they spoke about past sexual conquest, that could be real hot, right? That could be really sexy because it's like you're trying to match, you know, mix it up and figure out what's happening. I can deal oh, yeah. with the fact that we have a past sexual history, right? It's fine. Do some dirty uh, talk, maybe a bad... Exactly. Yeah. That I can deal with. going. I can deal with that one. Uh, the first one, uh, tell me the first one one more time. Speaks with a constantly changing foreign accent. I could deal with that. That's sexy because that one, you know, it could be constantly shifting, but I absolutely could not deal with the business buzzwords all the fucking time. Uh, I'll tell you why I couldn't deal with that because that is the most atrocious way to talk. If I hear the phrase value added ever again, I swear to God, I want to punch that person <laughs> in the face. Have you ever heard somebody who- What does value added mean? What it's does that a, mean? It is a business buzzword that idiots like to speak all the time mm -hmm. and it drives me up the wall. It's this idea, it's like, what is the value add of this decision? What is the value add of doing this? It is such a robotic technical term and it's like you are an android who has no emotion. It is awful. 
So I don't believe in that phrase. I could not deal with business buzzwords every day. Just couldn't do it. Yeah. Business buzzwords. All right. You're yeah. done. Well, no guys in advertising for you, James. So I know I'm done. No done. But we're talking about in daily talking. Like if you do it casually at a pitch meeting or something, great. But not, yeah. you know, in daily life and conversation. Can't deal with it. It just sounds so douchey. And like, it usually correlates. That's the amazing thing about it, you know. Just like uh, if you believe in more conspiracy theories, like with the pandemic, then you tend to also believe in flat earth. Right, they can also be very, very correlated. And also that vaccines are going to kill you and Bill Gates is a part of a global cabal. I think it's all connected, really. He's not? Oh, I thought the word was Kabul. Mm -hmm. A Kabul. Kabul, Kabul. that's in Afghanistan. That's Kabul. Uh, oh, Which sorry. also may or may not be a place that exists. James, I'm just on another what... ignorant white guy of 2020. I thought if, it was my- If you had watched life. Maria Menounos in high school and middle school, you would have learned that Afghanistan's a place. No, I grew up in Cleveland. We had Channel 2. We weren't uh, good at it for one. Yeah, that's the knockoff, right? It's so sad. Oh. We, they basically just said, yeah, some stuff happened today. Eh, you'll figure it out. And that was it. And, then, boop, and just did the three dots. All right, let's move on here. Uh, you've heard of Fuck, Mary Kill. Uh, this yeah. is our little version here called DDD, Date, mm. Dump, Divorce. Yes. Now, um, because you have uh, done a little theme here of a wizard-like mm. story, I didn't know exactly what your story would be, but I knew there might be some wizards in it. Right. I thought we'd do a little wizard theme here for your Date, Dump, Divorce challenge. This is so exciting. Now, three names I shall read to you now. Ian McKellen. He hmm. played Gandalf, mm -hmm. Ralph Fiennes, Lord Voldemort, or he who shall not be named. And finally, and go, go with me on this one, Sam Neill, because in the mid 90s, he starred in the made for TV limited series, Merlin. And we gotta, we gotta throw it back to Sam Neill because I mean, come on. I haven't thought about that limited series in a long time. I watched that limited series on NBC. I remember that series. I, I remember. just remember there was like a, there was a trailer where he was like an old man and then he did like a spell and like the beard and everything. And he was like a young man again. And I thought it was so cool. I was like- I, There are two movies of the week and I'm going to answer your question. That I remember so distinctly on NBC. It's Merlin's one of them. And the other was one that I don't remember a name that was about a, a, a not abortion clinic, a embryo clinic where the doctor was uh you know injecting his sperm into every egg and so at the end of the film there was like this creepy moment where everyone steps in with all of their kids and they all look exactly the same and it's an image uh -huh. that's been seared in my mind since i was a little kid i have no idea what the name of the movie was i have no idea what it was but it's something that creeped me out since i was really little that was definitely um that was in the news. As yeah, recently. Yes, because I talked about this with a friend recently. I was like, did you know there was a made-for-TV movie about that on NBC years ago? Uh, but we anyway. We talked about this. We talked about it. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, so, like fuck the, uh, Yes, sorry. So, date-dump divorce. Oh, date-dump date divorce. Okay, so I definitely would think about dating Ray Fine because Lord Voldemort can't be killed, right? And he's got seven horcruxes, which means that you've got seven different personalities that you can date, right? So it's like, you're gonna have a different activity every time, right? It's like, oh, here's one horcrux evening. Here's another horcrux evening. You never know what you're gonna get. 
And so I think that would be a really very Forrest Gump, yeah. Right? So fun. It's very chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, I know what you're gonna gonna get. get. Exactly. (laughs) And so it's gonna be great. So I think definitely I I would probably dump uh, Sam Neill because as much fun as it would be, that beard would pull right off. It was just not well applied. And so I'd yeah. be really worried that like we would go in, you know, we're getting ready to get hot and heavy. That just like rips off like that. And then you would worry about the fragility of, of Merlin because he's so old, right? Right. So that means that we have to keep Ian McKellen, who obviously is a great, great wizard and also was the theater cat in Cats, and we cannot ever forget that performance. Oh my God, I forgot you loved the movie Cats. I'm You're obsessed like, with the movie Cats. The one person who's I'm the one person who is, well, I'm not the one person. I'm obsessed with it for all the wrong reasons. Just out of my Facebook friends. I'll, I'll just be very narcissistic. It was like nine months till Cats, six months till Cats. Okay, okay. I was really talking about Cats for a long time. I had some, some people send me messages. They're like, are you really this into the Cats? I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, did you not grow up with Rizabella and Rum Tum Tugger and and uh, Rumple Teaser and all of the cats? I bet most of you don't Damn, even know the cats. After you just said that, I do believe you could have dated a wizard. I do I, believe maybe I could have because if you can believe in cats, you can also believe in wizards, right? Yeah. If you can believe in talking cats, then yeah, I think you've crossed that threshold. Well, the thing is, the thing you have to understand about cats, and the reason that's the most important musical of all time, is that cats are people. It shows all of the different pieces of who we are, just like Lord Voldemort shows all the different pieces of who he is as a as a wizard through his horcruxes. That's what the cats tell us. It's important. So you date Ralph Fiennes Voldemort, you'd... Um... Would you dump or divorce Sam Neill? Would you say? I, I, well, we're, we're dumping Sam Neill or divorce, whichever we want to call. Yes. And then you would divorce Ian McKellen. So you see yourself, you would have married Ian McKellen. Yeah, certainly. it's got to be Ian McKellen. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I mean, he's Gandalf. It's a great wizard to marry. I mean, think about the Lord of the Rings. It's a great trajectory for me. I'd be marrying up. It's a really great moment. I'm so excited. It's like a, the ultimate sugar daddy. That's what he's, everybody oh, Yeah, He's charming. He's so delightful. Charming. So delightful. And he also is a cat. I mean, what else do you want? He's also a cat. Do you remember when he was, uh, I think he hosted SNL and he showed up as uh, Maggie, what's her name, who plays um, the witch in Hogwarts. What's her name? Maggie. I'm not Maggie Smith. Yes. Yes. And then he showed up pretending to be her on Weekend Update. And it's when Jimmy Fallon was the host of Weekend Update. He was like, oh, would you give us a little kiss, Jimmy? And like, he just turns and like plants a huge kiss for it. Oh, so good. And Jimmy Fallon said something like, was I just knighted or queened? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, All right. So we got your date dumb divorce here. God, Amy Kellen, Ray Fine, Sam Neill. Wise choices. Wise choices. And by the way, everybody, why don't you check out Merlin? For Sam Neill, all right. Well, I, is it is it streaming now? It's I mean everything. That's a nice thing about this quarantine, right? Is that we can really go back and see all these films and TV shows that we oh yeah thought about or things that we just haven't seen in years. Although that can sometimes be dangerous too, because it's like these things that you had great memories of as a child, and then you go back and watch it as an adult, and you're like, oh shit, this not great. Fun. It's like you don't want to ruin that memory. Sometimes you just want to keep. We had some friends over before all this went down and we watched a movie where I was like, oh, you guys are going to love this movie. It's hysterical. And we watched the movie Just Friends with Anna Ferris and oh. Ryan Reynolds, which I freaking love. And I think Anna Ferris is one of the- I love that movie. I haven't seen it in years, but I loved it. 
So my friends at the end of it, they're like, wow, thanks for making us sit through that crap. And I'm like, what crap? It's amazing. So then because of that, we started a bad movie night because they were so, they're like, just pick whatever movie you think is good and it's going to be shitty and we'll watch it. And then we created a bad movie night from it. But I went in thinking this is a great film and it was still really funny. Well, I I liked it in college. I I don't remember how it is now. I'll have to go watch it tonight. Maybe I'll make that my movie tonight. I'll get back with you on if it's good or bad. Because yeah. I'm, as I'm a director, that means my taste is the ultimate thing that matters. Nothing else. Talk about cats, then talk about just friends. See what yeah. happens. Yeah, well, obviously, everyone now knows my taste is so you know such a distinctive fancy feast palette. You know. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> you got a short story. You got a lot of kale, just a little bit of weeds in there. We're gonna take care of that. It's fine. Um, so all right, let's move on here. This is the uh, little sci-fi portion advice of our show. You go into a room. All right. You come face to face with your 18 year old self and someone tells you, you have 90 seconds, tell them whatever you need to tell them, invest in Yahoo or Google, whatever you want. Uh, make sure to stay away from this person. Don't waste your time with this. Got 90 seconds. What do you say to your younger self, James? I would tell my younger self that you have got to be patient Things in life do not move as fast as you think they're going to move. But if you keep working really, really hard, you're going to figure it out. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to go right. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. It matters how many times you learn from the failure and how you apply it. Uh, And if you're really smart about that, over time, you're going to get better at what you do. And hopefully you'll bring some people along with you. People like Adam, who, even though you might cut them from your films, might invite you to his TV show later. You know, it's like, these are the things we learn. You just have to make sure that you keep going, that you don't stop. And and that's how you do it. And if I had been really smart, I would have taken the $10,000 my grandma gave me for a graduation gift from high school to use for college, I should have dumped it in Apple or Amazon. And that was the dumbest thing that I did that I should have done. I regret it to this day. I'm really sorry, Nana Dot, about that. I appreciated it. And that money was super helpful during the 2008 financial crisis because I did not grow up rich. That was really, really a a big deal. Uh, But if I had spent that $10,000 on Apple or Amazon, I would have been a real billionaire, not an actual billionaire, obviously. Uh, So If you had done that, we could have been partying with you now in your underground cave. In my underground bunker. That's a regret for sure. I know. Don't spend your money on stupid shit. That's a great lesson. What'd you buy instead? Did you buy like a watch or something? Or did you buy some clothes? What'd you do? You know, take a trip to Europe. The dumbest thing I spent money on was a Vespa. I bought a $5,000 Vespa because I did study abroad in Italy when I was in college. And I thought I thought that I should own a Vespa. Now, the problem with that was is that I did not actually know how to drive the Vespa. I just bought it sight unseen. And so I get this Vespa. Actually, the great irony of all this, wrapping this all together, is that this happened the same day that the boy broke up, with, that we broke up over brunch. I also yeah. got the Vespa on that day. It arrived on the same God. day. 
So after this brunch and he's broken up and left and all these things happen, they're like, take care of James. We go to pick up my Vespa and I go pick up this Vespa, not knowing how the hell to drive it. And I sit on the Vespa and I get there and I start driving it down the street. And the guy kind of looks at me like I'm crazy because he can tell I really don't know what I'm doing. I drive two blocks and crash it into a tree straight up crash the Vespa into a tree. And all my friends are just hooping and hollering and laughing. Like I'm like in pain, I'm bleeding. I'm like, oh shit, this is awful. And and then the next day my friends are like, let's try this again. You, you're gonna be fine. You know, you just need to learn how to do it. My friend gets on the Vespa, drives it down the street and crashes into a telephone pole and <laughs> says, James, we've got to get rid of this Vespa. You're not going to drive this Vespa. And that's easily the dumbest expense I've ever made. I drove it for seven miles total and sold it for $3,500 at a $1,500 loss. And so that was one of the dumb things I did. So that's another good lesson. Uh, Don't spend money on stupid shit that you don't know what you're doing with it just because you can do it. Uh, that was a lesson I learned too. And that's also one reason it's great that I'm married to my husband who does not allow me to do that sort of thing because he knows I'm very prone to spending money on stupid shit. Uh, yes, just like you, I believe I am marrying, uh, I'm marrying better and I'm marrying up. She, she takes <laughs> a lot of my bad habits to the road. Yes, they're anyway, very important. Very good about that. Um, all right, James, thank you uh, so much for being a guest on here today. Uh, I want to give you a moment here. If you have any handles, new projects to check out, stuff you'd like people to see. I know you're working on a lot of things right now. I, I saw an early cut of your film uh, with the first uh, transgender woman in opera, a documentary. I thought you invited me over to your place to like, check out this opera documentary. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to just fall asleep and have to figure out how to watch this. And it was the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. Uh, so please, like, if there's anything we can check out or watch. Yes. What well, can we first see? of all, you're so kind. I don't know if it's the most wonderful thing, but I'm really proud of it. I'm actually super, super proud of it. It's called The Sound of Identity. Uh, okay. and it's about, like you said, the first transgender uh, opera singer in history to have a leading role. Uh, follows Lucia Lucas, uh, who's going to debut at the Met next year, uh, all things uh, hoping that the COVID ends. Uh, But Mm -hmm. uh, the film we're hoping to release this year, obviously some things have shifted a bit with this COVID as all movies have, Uh, but I'm hearing, fingers crossed, that we should have a 2020 release, so check that out. You can always follow my work at James Kicklider, K-I-C-K-L-I-G-H-T-E-R, Dot com and you can follow me on every social media platform at James Kick. And so check it out and uh, and watch The Sound of Identity when it comes out. I'm really, really proud. And then I'll also be releasing a film called The American Question, which we finished shooting just before COVID. I'm hopefully going to start on a feature film later this year if everybody gets healthy. So keep your fingers crossed that no wizards prevent any of those things from happening. Never, never. Yeah. Just the muggles. Oh, uh, James, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm just going to read a little quote here. Thought long and hard about this one for uh, the end of the show. Dating is like being in a Zoom meeting and not realizing you're unmuted till you say something shitty about your boss. Dating in LA, same thing, but you also forgot to turn off the video as you sat on the toilet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We've got a wonderful guest, Mr. James Kicklighter, director extraordinaire. I'm Adam Carr, reminding you all, stay horrible, stay single. Hey, we don't judge.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.